And welcome back to the Word Encounter, episode 48. Uh, yesterday we finished Judges, and today we're going to enter and finish the book of Ruth as it's a short book. Um, the book of Ruth uh, was written uh, sometime after the reign of King David. We know this because at the end of the book there's a genealogy, and so we can see that it was written after uh, King David, but it takes place during the time of the judges, about a, uh, which is about a 300-year time span. Now, we don't know exactly when in that time frame uh, the events of Ruth take place, uh, but it's somewhere in that time frame. Um, as far as uh, the theme, the theme basically is that through Ruth's experiences, we see the demonstration of God's providence, his provision, his grace, his love. Um, it's, it's just a remarkable story. And uh, so instead of just talking about it, let's go on and get started in it. Okay, so here we go. So we see that there was a man uh, from Bethlehem in Judah. His name was uh, Eli Melech. And he was married to a woman named Naomi, and they had two kids. And they left Judah, and they went to the land of Moab. I guess there was more promise for the family there. And so they left with their family. They had two sons. And so in verse 3, we see Naomi's husband, Eli Melech, died, and she was left with her two sons. In verse 4, her sons took Moabite women as their wives. One was named Orpah, and the second was named Ruth. After they lived in Moab about 10 years, both sons also died, and Naomi was left without her two children and without her husband. So we see that um, tragedy has struck Naomi, and all the men of the family are gone, and so there's no way for them essentially to provide for themselves. So they decide that they're going to go back to uh, Judah. And so she's on her way back to Judah with her uh, daughter-in-law's. And then um, I guess it hits her, and she tells him, look, I'm old, you know. You basically have no future with me, so why don't you go back to your own people, you know, and, and, and get on with your lives, reset, reboot, you know, get, get started again, you know, find new husbands and, and whatnot. She says, look, I'm old. I can't have any kids. I can't birth any more people, so you're not going to have any, any, any husbands for me, and so go back. And... uh but they don't want to go back. They want to stay with her. So they try to convince her, no, we want to go with you. But Naomi is insistent. You need to really go back. And, and so, because um, it says in verse 10, they said to her, we insist on returning with you to your people. But she says, no, 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 no. Go back, go back, because I basically have, uh, have nothing here for you. And so in verse 14, it says, again, they wept aloud. Again, they wept loudly. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So Orpah, you know, she, she uh, eventually agreed with Naomi, and she went back to her people. But Ruth did not. Ruth clung to her. In verse 15, Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Follow your sister-in-law. Go back with her. Go, don't come with me. I, I can't offer you anything. Uh, but in verse 16, this is Ruth's re reply. And uh, this is somewhat of a famous scripture because we, we've heard it a lot. And it says, don't plead with me to abandon you or to return and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wow. 
Verse 17. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord God punish me and do so severely if anything but death separates you and me. So we see that Ruth is committed to Naomi. And when this finally sinks in with Naomi, and she, she stops trying to convince her to leave, and they head on back to Bethlehem and Judah. And so they, they, they're entering Bethlehem, Bethlehem, and the women notice that this is Naomi, and they're saying, isn't this Naomi coming back home? But in verse 20, this is Naomi's response. Don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, she answered, for the Lord Almighty has made me uh, very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has opposed me and the Lord Almighty, oh, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So she doesn't even want to be called Naomi because she's deep in her feelings now. She's like, look, the, the, the Lord has just turned his back on me, essentially. I'm, I'm worthless. I went away full. Now I'm empty. Don't call me Naomi. And so... They get back into the territory, and then in chapter 2, in verse 1, now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side. He was a prominent man of noble character from Eli Melech's family. His name was Boaz. Now, we don't know the relationship between her deceased husband and Boaz. The word just says that they were related. And so... Uh, in verse in, in verse two, uh, Ruth uh, the Ruth the Moabitess asked Naomi, "Will you let me go into the fields and get, gather fallen grain behind some uh, with whom I find favor?" And so they don't have anything to eat, and so uh, Ruth is asking Naomi, "Will you let me go get us something to eat?" And so she says, "Yes." Now remember, if we remember back, oh I don't know how long ago, there were gleaners that were came that came behind the harvesters in the field because the Lord instructed don't pick up everything and so as people you know those poor people come behind you they will pick up grain and whatnot so that they can feed themselves and so uh, Ruth is basically going to be a gleaner to come behind the harvesters and so that's what she does she finds a field and she starts gleaning but she gets noticed it says in verse 5 Boaz asked his servant who was in charge of the harvesters um, whose young woman is this? So he sees some woman in his field that he doesn't recognize. So he's asking uh, uh, his bosses, you know, who is this woman? In verse 6, the servant answers, she is the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the territory of Moab. And so uh, he notices uh, what the situation is with her, and, and he goes to talk to her, you know, and he wants to, you know, find out what the deal is. And so he starts to give her favor. And so in verse 10, it says, she fell face down, bowed to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor with you? So that you notice me, although I am a foreigner. So I'm not even of this people. I'm not from this land, but you have noticed me and, and, and have you know, given me favor. Why? And in verse 11, Boaz answers her, everything you have done for your mother-in-law since your husband's death has been fully reported to me, how you left your father and mother in your native land and how you uh, came to a people you didn't previously know. May the Lord reward you for what you have done, and may you receive a full reward from the Lord of Israel, um, under whose wing you have come for refuge. And so he's telling you, essentially, your reputation has preceded you. I've heard about you. I've heard about your character. And this is why you're finding favor with me. And so 
And so what happens is, is so uh, Naomi uh, picks up some more food until evening, and then she goes back uh, to her mother-in-law in verse 19. It says, her mother-in-law said to her, where did you gather barley today, and where did you work? And Ruth told her mother-in-law, whom she had worked with, and said, the name of the man I work with today is Boaz. And so in verse 20, uh, we see that Naomi continued. Uh, so Naomi responded to her. And, and said, uh, essentially, may the Lord bless him. But then she tells uh, Ruth, the man is a close relative. He is one of our family redeemers, so or kinsman redeemers. And so, what is a family or kinsman redeemer? And so, this is a person who uh, has the legal right. If if a man is married to a woman and the man passes, then his brother was supposed to take over his his wife and continue his family line. So if all the sons are gone, and then you had what we call family uh, redeemers, or have what the word calls family redeemers. And so Boaz was a family redeemer for uh, Eli Melech's family. And so <clears throat> we go on to chapter 3, and it says, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, uh, My daughter, shouldn't I find rest for you so that you be, will be taken care of? Now, isn't uh, Boaz our relative? And so Naomi is asking Ruth, he says, essentially, it's my responsibility to find your husband because you deserve this. You deserve to be taken care of. Now, this Boaz guy, isn't he a relative? And so we go on to verse 3. It says, she's, she's talking to uh, Ruth, and she says, okay, we're going to put together a plan. In verse 3, wash, put on perfumed oil, and wear your best clothes. Go down to the threshing floor, but don't let the man know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, notice the place where he's lying. Go, go in and uncover his feet and lie down. So she's telling him what to do. She's educating her on what to do to get Boaz's attention. And so this is what Ruth does. And then it says in verse 7, after Boaz ate and he was, uh, after Boaz ate and drank and was in good spirits, he went to lay down at the end of the pile of barley, and she came secretly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. And so then around midnight or so, Boaz is startled, and he wakes up, and he sees her, and he says, uh, who are you? And she says, I am Ruth, your servant. She replied, take me under your wing, for you are a family redeemer. In other words, she says, you know, I am Ruth, now marry me, <laughs> take care of me, because you're a family redeemer. And then in verse 12, or 10, he says, uh, then he said, may the Lord bless you, uh, my daughter. You have shown more kindness now than before because you have not pursued younger men, whether rich or poor. And then he says in verse 12, yes, it is true. I'm a family redeemer, but there is a redeemer closer than I am. So there is somebody, you know, who is essentially younger than me. I need to check with him first, you know, and, and so let's let's see what the deal is. And so. Ruth goes back to Naomi. She tells Naomi everything. And in verse 18, Naomi said, my daughter, wait until you find out how things go, for he won't rest until he resolves this today. So we see an indication of Boaz's character because Naomi knows that he's not going to rest until this situation is taken care of and, and essentially until Ruth is taken care of. So we're going to chapter four. So Boaz goes to the gates, takes some elders with him. He finds out the Redeemer that's closer uh, than he is. And he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, Naomi, who has returned from the territory of Moab, is selling a portion of the field that belongs to our brother Eli Melech. Uh, and so he says, if you, want to, if you want to redeem it, do it. So he's got this land. So this, this Redeemer closer is like, okay, 
I can I can start building more of mine here uh, on my uh, territory and, and, and my wealth increases. He says, yeah, I do it. He says, I want to do it, he answered. But then in verse 5, Boaz says, on the day you buy the field from Naomi, you will acquire Ruth, the Moabitess, um, the wife of the deceased man, to perpetuate the man's name on his property. So Boaz is telling him, no, you're not going to be building your legacy. You're doing this for our brother, you see. And so in verse 6, then the Redeemer replied, I can't redeem it myself or I will ruin my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption because I can't redeem it. And so then the, rumor the Redeemer turns it down. He says, no, if these are the conditions, I can't deal. And so then Boaz, um, uh, in verse 8, it says, So the Redeemer removed his sandal and said to Boaz, Buy back the property yourself. Removing the sandal was like, the, was like signing a contract. He says, No, you do it because I'm not going to do it. In verse 9, Boaz said to the elders and all the people that were present, You are witnesses today that I am buying from Naomi everything that belonged to Eli Melech and his sons. In verse 10, I have also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, uh, one of the son's widow, as my wife, to perpetuate the deceased man's name on his property so that his name will not disappear among his relatives or from the gate of his hometown. You are witnesses today. And so he essentially said, I'm doing this and I'm going to do it in the name of, 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 of uh, my relatives, not in my name, so that their name will not disappear from the records, so that they will their family name and family line will continue on. So he's making it clear why he's doing this. And then it says in verse 13, Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. He slept with her and the Lord granted conception to her and she gave birth to a son. Verse 14, the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you without a family redeemer today. May his name become well known in Israel he will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Indeed, your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better uh, to you than seven sons has given birth to him. In verse 16, Naomi took the child, placed him on her lap, and became his nanny. In verse 17, the neighbor women said, a son has been born to Naomi, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. Wow. And so Naomi was complaining about how the Lord had turned his back on her, but it was through her lineage that would come King David and then eventually would come Jesus. And with that, we'll pick it up tomorrow. Bye-bye.